Hello everyone and welcome to the Athlete Tribe podcast. I'm your host Lee Eldridge. In this podcast we'll be talking to elite coaches, practitioners, athletes and high achievers about how to improve performance. We'll be covering topics such as training, improving your sport, work and overall life. I hope you enjoy the show today. Please feel free to leave a review. Today we're joined by Fergus Connolly, who is a high-performance consultant who has worked in a plethora of um, clubs and organisations such as San Francisco, University of Michigan, Liverpool FC, just to name a few. And my first question to you, Fergus, is how did you really get into high-performance consulting, especially in the sporting arena, because your PhD is actually in computer integration? Yeah, um, it was really by accident, Lee, to be honest. I was always interested in in sport and then really fascinated by what it took to be a high performer in every field. I started off, actually, my, my primary degree, my bachelor's was in woodwork teaching and construction. That was what I was going, 16, 17, that's, what, that's all I was going to do. And then my plan was then in the evenings and afternoons and weekends, I would coach, you know, or at the time I was playing sport and I would coach. Uh, I stayed on, then I did a master's in advanced manufacturing, ended up doing a PhD in computer-based optimization. But all of the time I would, you know, I used to have a little envelope and then a shoebox. I would save money. And when I had enough, I would go and visit coaches or high performers. That, that's just how it started. I was just always fascinated and still to this day is trying to understand what it takes to be a high performer. And it's been a passion or, or an interest of mine um, all, all the way through. And I think it also reflects on, you know, on a, personally just trying to get better and to understand what that means. And well, on one of those visits, uh, I was I visited Bolton Wanderers way back. Big Sam was there at the time. He ended up leaving, and uh, I got a call from the team, and they're saying, "Look, we we've made some changes in our staff. You were here. You made a, a good impression. Would you be interested in working with us?" And so I took a career break from teaching and started working in the Premier League, which is rare. Like I mean, you don't get the opportunity to start at you know, the, the highest level, again, it was just a stroke of, of um, good fortune. And from there then worked in rugby, uh, soccer again, uh, NFL, NBA, just consulting different teams and just really, and people often ask me, you know, did you have a plan or a vision? And there's lots of people talk about goals and no, no, I, no, it's just, I'm just fascinated by, learning coaching and helping people become better and uh and myself too you know that's that's really that's it i I wish i could tell somebody i had a plan and here's the formula um but no no plan just following really interested in learning and and also we touched on this as well earlier was um not just studying it for the sake of it but then figuring out okay how do you make it work in practice because there's a big gap between the theory and what people talk about and then actually implementing it because you can have the world's best ideas and comments but how do you make it work in practice yeah applied knowledge is 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 the one really um and that's something that yeah. you, you don't get 
reading a master's or even undergrad in terms of how to actually take what's on that page and integrate it into a high performance uh, environment, even in probably business and in, in sports. But the main reason could kind of get in contact with you is because of your book, The, the Happiness Handbook, which <laughs> is, yeah. is, is a different one um, from, from what I've read of yours previously. Um, and we'll probably bounce around, but the one thing I really wanted to look at is kind of your foundations of well-being, which adds in some areas that probably people don't really think about when we're talking about well-being. You know, most people think about nutrition and sleep, etc. but that's into it. But you go into kind of more five areas where you look at maturity, lifestyle, self-esteem, security, and attachment. And if you could just briefly go over kind of how you came to those five and why you feel they're important, not only just high performance, but, but from a day-to-day -day point of view. Yeah, so that actually came about working with, um, so I'd consulted for a lot of NFL teams and then working on the ground with the San Francisco 49ers, we had a lot of fabulous players, extremely experienced high performers and something I had noticed over a period of time. And a lot of people will understand this. Early on in your career, you focus a lot on the knowledge on working hard and on a particular skill set that gets you to the to the top but one of the things that i started to notice was among all high performers and this was true in in special operations and in in the corporate sector where that the struggles that these high performers had had actually nothing to do with their ability to play the game or to execute they could do that very well but it was other stuff off the field so to speak that was impacting their ability to perform. So if we had guys who missed tackles or we had guys who had, you know, made um, like a discipline issue, like pulling a jersey or a foul. Um, yes, it was very easy to point out what they were doing wrong, but the source of that actually had nothing to do with what was happening on the field or at training. It was usually to do with something else. And the realization was that we had really practiced, experienced high performers, but who hadn't developed these other areas sufficiently. And that's what we were in a race now to try and develop. So you had, and it's, it's easy to explain it in a sporting context and people can understand it um, in an executive or a corporate um, domain. You know, you had guys who could tell you everything about the flight of the ball or movement, speed, game plans, but perhaps when it came to lifestyle issues, simply understanding how to get groceries or how to cook or how to manage relationships. They hadn't had experience because they'd been in a very specialized area. And now these other things, which people weren't taking care of for them, now they had responsibility for them. Those were the things that were holding them back. And so we realized that there were, and when we sat down and went through all of the challenges that the guys were having, I started to try and group them into brackets. And so those five were the five foundations or pillars that we realized, okay, generally it was one or more of these that we really had to help guys understand and develop so that they could sustain performance. And that was the key. It, you know, the, and once you, it, it's kind of like, um, 
it's kind of like a fuse box. Like these little fuses, when we would turn them on, all of the lights would start to get brighter on the field because we had these were little blockages or fuses that we just had to fix. And it was really about starting to look at the player, sorry, the person, not the player, and take the, you know, take the focus off. Because very often we, we see a problem, we see the, the symptom, um, but we need to really deal with the source. So that was really where it developed. And then working, and then the coaches were the other area that, you know, were again, very specialized leaders um, who you would end up working with and realize these guys have the same problem. You've got young coaches who come into a system, um, maybe have, believe it or not, like a maturity issue, a, li a life experience um, that they haven't been exposed to because of being so focused on one specialist area. And um, everywhere that I would start to take, you know, look at these problems, I realized, and I would continue to refine the model, but it ended up falling generally into one of those, one or more, of those five areas. And to touch on, I, I watched your TED talk earlier, kind of uh, mm. kind of from a vulnerable position to, to open up about what happened. Um, and the power of vulnerability has been an interesting area, especially in my previous role in a culture where you, you didn't want to show vulnerability because it was seen as a lack of, um, you know, toughness. How have you gone about kind of encouraging people to show vulnerability in both the corporate world and also in, in high performance sports? Yeah, so interestingly, um, the, title that, the title that they put on it was vulnerability. To me, it, it's more about being authentic. And um, I think with the greatest performers I've been around, they have been genuine and authentic. Vulnerability is is separate, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but the most important thing I, I believe to truly continue to develop is to be authentic. First of all, to be honest with oneself privately. So, and that means um, not lying to yourself. And we all do it. Like we all tell ourselves things that aren't true, but taking the time privately to go, you know, this is an area I actually need to get better at, or this is something that I need to be aware of that I haven't mastered yet. So. I need to have a coping mechanism in place. So, for example, um, we all come home tired and we all maybe, you know, are short with our partner or whatever. And so it's to be aware of, okay, I've had three days of very hard work. I know when I go home, there's a chance I might be a little bit irritable. So taking a moment, being aware of that and, and having a coping strategy for it until we learn how to master it. And so that's the short-term thing. And I think then also being authentic with our colleagues and when you have that security and knowing this is uh, you know personally but even professionally i'm not great at um presentations or i'm not great at managing meetings and then having people who can support us and being genuine and authentic with our teammates we get to the solution quicker yeah. rather than pretending vulnerability is something that you can be you can be vulnerable with those people who love you and who you love because being vulnerable means sharing something that is, uh, has the potential to be a threat to you. But you can only do that with people who genu genuinely have your best interests at heart. And you can't, in a competitive environment, you just can't be vulnerable 
all of the time. You can't expose vulnerabilities, just like you can't do it on the field. And so the starting, first of all, with helping people be authentic and genuine, and then also recognizing that we all need people who we can be vulnerable with, who can give us that support um, when we need it most. Um, and that's also the difference, or it ties in with empathy and sympathy. Hmm. Like empathy is the ability to, to understand uh, someone's perspective and why they feel a particular way. Vulnerability is joining them in it, which can be dangerous. You know, when we're, when we're struggling with things, we don't always want to be told that or we shouldn't always be told that, yes, you have a right to feel that way. Sometimes you need to get, you know, a little kick in the backside. Uh, but then there are other times you need an arm around you. And so, yeah. again, knowing how to help and, and support people is, is critical. That's, and that's the difference between good managers and managers who, can, who are not successful. Because you've worked in both high-performance sport, business, and special forces, how do you see the, the similarities in those environments? And how, how do you go about improving performance in those environments? Where are the crossovers? Because sometimes when I talk to, to business leaders, they're like, yeah, but that's sport, that's different. You know, it's very planned. For me, you know, businesses, they're always talking about agility and being an agile company. How, how do you go about kind of working in those two environments? Yeah, so the, is it, that's a great question. And so first and foremost, one of the greatest, um, I guess, learning experiences for me has been the person is the same. And at the core, you know, yes, somebody becomes skilled over time in a particular area, but I'm still dealing with a human being who fundamentally still has the same fears, needs, concerns. So that's the first starting point. Sport is an excellent way to look at certain things because it, it's a fixed, closed environment. However, within that, there are chaotic moments where teams have to adjust and adapt. And so it's a wonderful way to demonstrate in, in small examples how players and athletes can adapt in the short term within a game, but also over their career. And that's important as well for CEOs, executives, is to recognize that it, you know, in a, for example, on a particular day or in a meeting, I have to be able to adapt and adjust as a player would in a game when they're faced with a different defense, offense, or whatever. But then over the long term, I have to develop other qualities in order to continue to sustain performance. Like a Tom Brady is a perfect example of somebody, even Michael Jordan, you know, for the people of our vintage, you know, learning, okay, early on, he could fly, literally, but then he had to learn when he couldn't, he had to develop another shot, a fadeaway. And so to continue to develop in order to be able to sustain performance. Um, in, the, in the military setting, you have to have adaptable operators because anything can happen at any point in time. So it's a wonderful example of, particularly from team environments of how they work efficiently together. But at the core, the two most important lessons, I think, particularly for the corporate space are one, that the person themselves is still a human being with the same fears and needs. And the second thing is principles are more important and understanding what those key principles are, are yeah. critical. And we touched on this before as well. The, the biggest mistake is focusing on the methods. Yeah. So people talk, you know, people say, well, I have to get up, for example, at 4.30 every morning and work out. That's what I have to do because that's what everybody else says. Mm -hmm. No, 
You don't have to do, that's the method. The principle is, yes, you do have to have a certain amount of discipline. Yes, you do have to have a certain amount of physical activity. Now, how that works for you specifically, that's where you can figure it out or you and a coach can figure it out. But it's the principle is more important than the method. So if you have to work out at 1.30 or 6.30 in the day and you have to be disciplined, maybe in your uh, environment or in your cycle, that's three times a week. For others, it might be four. For others, it might be every day because that's what works well. It might be 15 minutes every day. It's the principle is more important than the method because what works for you might not work for, for me and vice versa. Those are the two most important lessons, I think, when you go to transfer things across those different domains. Because now we're obviously in Antarctic territories in terms of what's going on with COVID. How do you think that things will develop from a, or from your foundationals, foundations of well-being about how, how businesses are going to ensure that, you know, those five areas are being monitored and, and being developed in, in their individuals and in their, their uh, employees? So COVID, COVID has been a, a terrible um, affliction on so many people. Um, and like with anything that happens, there's, you know, we adjust and we adapt over time. I think in the long run, I think there will be some key positives that will come out of this. I think the fact that people have had to spend a lot of time with the person who's most difficult in their life themselves is a good thing. You know, they've been isolated and have had plenty of time to reflect on, man, I don't like that about myself. Or So there's gonna be, there is an opportunity for growth and for people to be able to understand themselves. I think, um, again, it really emphasizes the point about having principles where people can figure out mm. how they have to do these things, but in their own environment. I think it's also given awareness to a lot of leaders about having reflected on their own ability and the importance of themselves taking care of themselves, how important it is for them to recognize that in others. And again, being adaptable because you're working with people who have, you know, who have kids who have maybe, you know, they've spent just the last morning teaching long division to, or the last hour teaching long division to, 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 to their child. And then they have to adjust to a business meeting. Yeah, but true. these are, these are, these are great skills because um, you're, you're learning how to adapt in a chaotic environment. And the best part about it is, you know, there was no preparation for it. And so recognizing that people are doing their best, mm -hmm. helping them and being, again, having empathy for understanding for where people are, I think is, is going to be one of the, the positive outcomes of this. Brilliant. Look, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. It was great to get in touch with you. Where is the best place for people to find out more about what you do or, or are you on social media and where's the best place? Yeah, best place just my start with my website. I think there's links to all my social media there, fergusconley.com. But Lee, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's all for today's show with Fergus Conley. We'd like to thank him again for his time. Super interesting to hear from a individual that's spent loads of time in high performance and lots of different areas. Not only sport, but we're talking about business and special operations. As always, we love to hear from you, so please feel free to leave any comments and reviews and get in touch. Head over to our website, theathletetribe.com, 
Um, we look forward to hearing from you.